0: Steve Mathis production. Check it out, PulpMX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
1: Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show, Oakland. Supercross wrap-up. I'm your host, as usual, as always, uh, guiding you through this painful process, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, X's online editor, my boss, Jason Wygant.
2: Yeah, you're damn right you're doing this podcast.
1: That's right. That's what I expect. Mm-hmm. Get you, on it. You rule with an iron fist.
2: Make me talk on this podcast. Make <clears> me do this.
1: Uh, and usually we have David Pingree with us, but thought we'd switch it up this week, um, and we got none other than uh, an active racer still competing at the highest levels, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up?
3: Oh, uh, not too much. And, I, and an interesting fact, me and David Pinry have been in the exact same amount of main events this year. So,
1: no, like There we go. Fantastic. We're already yeah. tying it in. I like it. <laughs> Do we...
2: um, I, I just want you to know I did approve this executive decision to bring in JT. Not ping this week. I don't want you folks to think that the employees are starting to pull yeah. a revolt here.
1: <clears throat> no, no. Well, you didn't go to Oakland, Wygant. You just uh, you watched it on TV. Ping didn't go to Oakland, so we thought instead of having two guys who didn't go, let's get at least somebody who was there and somebody who had a good view. Watching, a and good and view, watching, yeah, by the way, a good view of the main oh, events. Even better. <laughs> I,
2: yes, I made the executive decision to force other people to go <clears throat> to Oakland, while I did not. So it's all coming together. <laughs> That's okay.
1: I am not going to Daytona, so suck on that.
3: It's official. You're I not think, going to Daytona? I
1: think so. I think I, it's not official, but I, I don't think so. No. Nope. Come on, guy. Guy, that race sucks. There's no... Like, what are you, you gotta,
3: talking about? What about the the hangout all week, though?
1: No, well, there's no Atlanta anymore. You Remember, it was Swiss
3: always... course going to choke you out, for sure. No,
1: he's not happy. <laughs> he's not happy. But there's no Atlanta before Daytona. So, you know, I always did that Atlanta and then stayed back. Well, there's no Atlanta. It's like St. Louis, so...
3: So what? What's the difference?
1: So it doesn't work out. It just doesn't work out.
3: Just fly down. What's the difference?
1: Yeah, but I can't catch two stones with one flight or two birds in my hand. I don't
3: think you could ever do that, but two birds in,
1: Two birds in my hand, you know?
2: Well, he did drive on down from Atlanta flight. with Timmy once or maybe several times, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, I drove so with Timmy. What
2: missing, the road trip with Timmy.
1: I'm just not I just, and then you know the sitting in the stands it's the only place you can sit in the stands is watch the race there's no being a media guy doesn't get you access to anything <laughs> that nobody else can do you are just forced to wander around like a vagabond to try to watch the race and find a good spot and then you're trying to make notes on the race like I normally make notes and typing into my phone then I'm twittering and then it's cold and it's cold? I don't know I just threw that last one out there but listen hey <laughs> I might, I might come to Florida just in an off week anyways. I want to do a video. Swiss Corps wants to do a video. We may just come down anyways during one of the off weeks um, and do something with you, uh, with JT, and uh, the Tim Ferry. So.
3: Dude, I feel like you're really missing out. Like, that's the no. last week of the year. I've been yeah, to Daytona.
1: I've been to Daytona. I've been there more than you. I know. It's still
3: awesome.
1: Well, okay, okay Florida guy. It's still awesome. So let's...
3: You don't see me saying I'm not going to
2: Vegas.
1: <laughs> That's different. Um,
2: you are going to Toronto, JT?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now there's a race. There is a time. <laughs> I am, for the third or fourth year in a row, going in early to Toronto. I get there on Thursday. Hockey Hall of Fame awaits on Friday. Poutine awaits on Friday. Hanging out in Canada awaits. That's a race we should go to early.
2: I believe it's all, the the, the entire master plan has just, Completely been spilled here. I think it all makes
1: sense now. Um, No, yeah, I just Daytona also too. uh, JT, I'm on my own for my expenses. So very expensive to stay in Daytona. Um, You're staying a few hours away from the track.
3: A few hours away from the track. Last thing, Georgia. (laughs)
1: Last year, I stayed in. um, What's the community outside of Orlando?
3: Altamont, Simi. I don't know. Lake Mary, Altamont Springs? Before
1: Lake Mary. Yeah, Lake Mary was... Yeah, that's 20
3: 20 miles.
1: A few
3: hours. A few hours from the track.
1: It took me an hour and a half to get with traffic and everything to get to the stadium last year.
3: Yeah, when did you leave?
1: I don't know. I left in the morning, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning or something. Whatever. Just, you know what, let's just go on with this, okay? I'm tired of talking about this. I'm not happy about it. Okay, well, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not happy about a lot of things either. Um... Why, can't? Uh There's uh, you gotta you gotta address this on this podcast.
2: Did you get it approved through your boss to not go to Daytona?
1: <laughs> yes, I did actually.
2: Yeah, that's true. You I said a pushover. I
1: said, hey, why I think I'm not going to Daytona. And you're like, all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a pushover. It's true. Um,
1: remember a few weeks ago you had to give it to me with both barrels. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was at, JT it's pretty funny. Uh, I was actually called by my superior and told to call Mathis and give it to him both barrels. So I actually called him and said, "Listen, uh, I have to uh, give it to you with uh, both barrels."
1: <laughs> quite intense. <an> <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, well again, you gotta let's move on to Oakland. Or before we move on to Oakland, let's move on to this email. I get tweets oh. and and emails about this, and and you are the TV guy. You can clarify this. Please help the fans. This guy, his name was just Disappointed. That's all his name is. It says, Disappointed sent a message using the contact form on Publix. Steve, what is going on with the CBS portion of the TV package? This marks the second weekend in a row that the race has not been on at the advertised time, which has also been in defiance of what the cable provider TV guide thingy indicates. To add insult to injury, my understanding of events on Twitter today indicates that people in other three time zones have had problems with finding the race on CBS at the scheduled time or at all. So, help me understand what is going on here. Please use your media mogul, Moto Media mogul, Moto Media mogul connections to get to the bottom of this. So again, obviously, you're not—you don't work at CBS. You're not responsible for filling CBS time slots. Give us a... Give us. Tell us why the race is on CBS. Tell us why this happens. Tell us.
2: Yeah, here's here's. Tell us what goes on. Well, no, I can tell you why the race may not be on, even though it's on CBS. Um, The strange thing is, in this day and age of cable, most people forget that's how this works. But when you watch a regular network like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, um, you know how, like, at 11 o'clock, there's the local news? It's like the local version of NBC, like, in whatever city you live in. You know what I'm? Yep. You understand what I mean, the local news? Yep. Uh, when you're watching the network, you're actually watching that local affiliate's channel. And then they choose to show the nationwide stuff most of the night. You know, So from 8 to uh, 11, they are going to show what CBS gives them, which is the big hit shows. But they actually reserve to write it's their station. They cannot show whatever they want. Now, they would be stupid to not show whatever the big shows are. You know, Of course, you're going to show Dancing with the Stars or... American Idol, whatever the big shows are nowadays. Mm -hmm. But they have the option to not show anything. If they think they could show something else, that would get them better ratings and make them more money. And it's usually never a thing in primetime. But that seriously is a battle. Like, when you get to late-night shows, like, uh, I think the Letterman Hour is pretty much clear across. But supposedly it's not even 100%, even for a show like that. It's like 90% of the CBS local stations pick it up. Some of them might not even show it. They might think, ah, we'll show old reruns of The Odd Couple, And it'll cost us five cents to show them, and maybe we could drag in enough ad money to cover it. So basically, it is always at the discretion of those local channels to either take or not take what CBS gives them. Usually, you can't beat someone giving you free product, but maybe they could sell an infomercial for more, or maybe they got some local thing that they could do uh, Mm. do better with. So
1: that's the problem. Okay, you cannot guarantee clearance. But let me Uh, ask you you this. But let me ask you this. So knowing all that, if you're felled. Are you, in all caps right now, Effing over the fans by trying to get the race on CBS? I know what the answer is, but I'm just so people know.
2: Right. That, that's the next logical question. You're right. Okay. Um, if you're fell, the real goal here is to get as many people to watch Supercross as possible, right? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, they're in it to make money, and the best way they make money is by getting the most people to see it and get interested. Yes. In yes.
1: So That's how it works. In that
2: case, you'll take... Let's say, you know, you know getting on CBS is not going to get you 100%. It's going to get you, I don't know what, I'll just take a guess, maybe 75% of the CBS people pick it up and carry it. Okay. Well, even 75% of CBS is still going to be more people than will watch it on speed, and I know that this boggles people. A lot more, age, right? A lot more. The network ratings are always way, way, way higher. So if you're failed, you're saying, eh, some people missed out. But in the end, more people ended up watching it. Um so that's a, a risk you take, you know. And in general, for the hardcore Supercross fan, Feld is never going to win this battle because if you're, if you're like me, I have cable for one reason, one reason only, to have speed to be able to watch these races. That's why I have cable. So I'm willing to do whatever it takes is it- to watch these races. But there are people that aren't so into it that aren't, and you're trying to reach them too.
1: I I have the every, everything on my satellite dish. I'm an idiot. I waste a lot of money. But I have every channel they have. Um, it boggles my mind when see, people say they do not have speed. What are we talking? Can, can you have an, any idea what we're talking a month?
2: Oh, well, like what it call? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's that. I don't know if it's like they, they don't have the extra package. Some people just don't have cable. Like it, it's, I cannot believe, like, to give you an idea of how different it is still, in this day and age, a ratings point is different if it's a ratings point on a network or a ratings point on a cable station, because you're just the scale is different. To give you an idea, so it's gotten, I'm sure, way closer than it was in the 70s when cable barely existed.
4: Right.
3: But
2: it's still not considered the same. And the ratings really show it. I know I've said it on here before. They get two or three times a bigger audience, more eyeballs, when they're on CBS and Speed. I know that seems impossible to imagine to us. Because we all know, bloop, turn on the TV, speed's right there, bloop, turn on the TV, CBS is right there, what's the difference? Right. For some reason, the world still works that way. If there won't be 60-year-old people that just leave CBS on all day, and if dirt bikes are on, I don't know if they watch it, but they just leave the channel on. Maybe that's all it is.
1: If you're Feld, you want to go to CBS.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Now, here's the, here's the problem with the argument. The, the fans that we have who anyone going to Pulp and giving you feedback is a super hardcore fan. Oh, you're saying my website isn't mainstream?
1: That? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, look, maybe we compare Pulp to, what, CBSSports.com or okay, something. Okay, let's I guess do it. We'll see the, yep. Let's see what the numbers are. Yep. Um, so it, the definition of fan is really hard to figure out because the fans are going to say the fans are getting screwed, but and more fans are watching it in one way, so it's really hard to – to say who's getting screwed. I guess if you're really poor and you can't afford speed, this is your best chance. Right. They're helping the fans.
1: And hence why the CBS shows are a little dumbed down for people.
2: Yeah, and I know I've said that on here before. Right. Believe it or not, right. it's the same exact crew. The same exact people. It's not CBS bringing a bunch of people from Manhattan who've never heard of dirt bike races and are like, whoa, what's going on? How do we shoot this? The same people. That's why the lights race is on speed. You know, in the lights races and the supercross races, you know, what is there, one minute between a heat race and, mm-hmm. and, and one and the heat race and the other? Yeah. They don't switch crews in the truck. They just change the graphics. So the CBS crew could do the exact same style of show mm-hmm. if that was deemed the best for CBS. But it's not. I mean, I know we want to see LCQs. I understand. But when we say we want to see LCQs, it's super hardcore fans. Um, that's not really the... Necessarily the CBS. Some audience.
1: people sounds, do. do some people do well in LCQs, right, JG? I mean, LCQ riders have feelings too.
3: Yeah, a little bummed they don't show. They used to show highlights of it, but not so much anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, again, I think could,
2: the other thing is, and this does this is a definite drawback. Uh, it's really expensive to get that time on CBS. So I think if you watch those shows, you can kind of tell that there are some there's some sponsor padding in there to help pay that ridiculous TV bill. I'm sure what, you, mean, you C- can figure it out if you watch it closely. I
1: mean, CBS doesn't pay felve? What? <laughs> that's well, also. Mean,
2: uh, hey, let's get, a, let's get a Monster Energy Jake Weimer feature in here real quick. Yeah. Let's have Yamaha bring you James Stewart going to Taco Bell. Like, that's not right. a coincidence that happens in the CBS shows.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. So, I'm just, uh, I get these tweets and emails. And I'm sure you do too, right? Well, again, I mean, you get it. Oh, it's unbelievable. Right, okay, yeah, so, yeah. I just thought we'd Right off the bat, clear clear that up. But you are a TV guy, and you understand how this business works probably more than most people. So um,
2: I'm not explaining. Uh, I can't explain if it's, you know, I'm not going to try to make it sound like it's better somehow. But I can tell you, I guess, why. Why, yeah.
1: exactly. Why it happens. Yeah. And why, yeah. if you don't have it in your area, yeah. you need to go firebomb the local CBS station. Wait, <laughs> maybe not. Don't, don't firebomb. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah.
2: I'll tell you one other interesting thing that somewhat ties into this, although we're, getting, we're going quite on here at the beginning of this podcast. Um, when I worked for the X Games last year doing some research for them, they, ESPN does a lot of work into what people want to see on their network. Mm-hmm. And what they determined is most people that watch the X Games, for example, they watch the X Games kind of because of the spectacle of it, but they can't guarantee that 100% of the X Games audience knows all those X Games athletes through and through every week, follows their every move. Right. So they found that if they have a picture of a guy or a shot of a guy standing on the sidelines, like before his run, people tune out because they don't know who that guy is and they don't care. If they have Peyton Manning on the sidelines on an NFL game, everybody knows who Peyton Manning is, so they just keep on watching. Even Peyton Manning on the sidelines is an interesting shot because so many people know who Peyton Manning is. So they have determined that they have to do an X Games event and an NFL event in a totally different manner. Keep the audience interested. Hmm. So I know that the argument's going to be hey, when CBS has an NFL game, they show every down, they show every play, they don't put any fluff in there, they show the game. Right. Why in Supercross don't they show their races? Well, unfortunately, I hate to say it, <laughs> but the feeling kind of is most people probably don't find Supercross interesting enough for the race itself to <gasps> sell itself. We need yes. to put other stuff in there. Right. Sorry. Right. That's at least the theory.
1: Um yeah, and, and it makes sense. It makes it makes sense. Maybe that explains the constant nothing gets me more upset in a football game than shots of the owner sitting in his suite. Like I just I that I don't care. I don't, like that. I don't care that this billionaire is sitting there with his family reacting to the game. Like really I just that'd be like putting a camera on you, Wygant. And just, Oh, here's what Jason Wygant in the press box thinks of what's going on in the Supercross race. You know? Doesn't matter.
2: You know, team owner though, maybe team manager. That wouldn't be bad. No. uh some of these, some of these owners are
3: pretty big, uh, a pretty big egos. I wouldn't doubt. You know, they, they might request that stuff. I mean, their their image is worth money. I mean, whether he thinks so or not, Jerry, Jerry Jones is a public figure. Guys like that,
2: they have influence. Too. What I mean, like the crowd he... actually
3: does want to see what his reaction is. All right. Yep. Yeah. I don't. Yeah.
1: I don't. I mean,
3: you think if the the network's paying, you know, each team $100 million or whatever, I'm sure they have a little bit of
4: influence.
1: Uh, Let's move on. JT, uh, you want to talk about your race at all? Or you just want to talk about the race?
3: Uh, Do you have anything to say? I didn't ride ride good. I need to ride better. That's about it.
1: Okay. All right, let's let's move on. Um, James Stewart. What a ride. What a great ride. Wygant, um, on this podcast last week, Where what's going on with James Stewart in the pits, what's going on with James Stewart during the Pulp and show that you weren't part of, what's going on with James Stewart. There's nothing going on with James Stewart. He's fine. That was, a, that was a great win. Held off RV, caught and passed Chad Reed, pulled away from those guys, and won the race on Pirelli tires for JGR Yamaha. Great ride. Well,
2: I'm going to throw it uh, back on you since I didn't go, so I, I, I can't profess to know. Everything that goes on, but in the heat race, uh, Villapoto caught him. Bad. Even going back to Phoenix at the end of the main event, or uh, sorry, L.A. at the end of the main event, Villapoto caught Stewart. Mm-hmm. So when Villapoto closed the gap up on Stewart again, pretty early, what three or four laps in? Yeah. And you're thinking there's 16 laps to go. Uh-huh. I would have to imagine that a lot of people in that building, the great majority of them, are thinking, "This is it, man. Villapoto's going to make this pass. It's going to be stamped and official." Filippo is the guy. Yeah. I mean, did that seem like the inevitable at that point?
1: What do you think, JT? I, I thought so. I mean.
3: Uh, it looked like, looked like it was going to happen. Um, I, I, like, couldn't wait for the main event to get going. Like, it was like, oh, man, this is going to be, like, one of the classic main events ever, the way it was shaping up.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then it was just like, all right, nothing to see here. Everybody goes their own, <laughs> own separate way. <laughs> Ryan, like, backed up. James yeah. went forward and Chad stayed the same. I was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. It was the biggest, biggest letdown.
1: Yeah, I, I felt like it was like those movies where the the um, the bad guy captures the good guy, and he's holding a gun to his head, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye, doc, doc, you know, say goodbye, Mister Bond. But first, let me tell you all about the plan that I've executed. <laughs> and instead of shooting you, I'm gonna allow you I'm gonna allow you to get out from behind those handcuffs while I tell you my great plan before I shoot you in the head. Like yeah. like kind of like that, where you you're like just 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 get it on, let's battle, but it it didn't happen, um, and you're right, uh j.t. to me, and in talking to Ryan after the race, he kind of confirmed it as much as these guys want to confirm it because let's face it, none of them want to tell you that they're vulnerable. R.V. had some sketchy moments, I think he backed it down,
3: yeah, and I think uh I think Chad found his found a little pace. And then um, you know those guys kind of settled in. Like I felt like Ryan was better than them at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and then both of them got better as the race went on. And then uh, you know James like slowly pulled away, but it was just weird. Like I don't know. (laughs) Nobody wanted to. Nobody really raced each other. Even when James made the pass, it was like you know he he kind of slipped by, and then Uh, that was
1: it. I was waiting for the slam back for sure.
3: Yeah, but there was never really any slam. It was just no, like, no. you know, James got the inside, and then Chad could really never get there. And it was just like, I don't know. It was yeah. a really, really weird main event for me. Um, just like anticlimactic as far as mm-hmm. no excitement for what could have been. You know, some races like Phoenix are just like, oh, this race is going to be terrible. Right. And then this weekend was like, oh, here we go. Like, I was pumped. Yeah, yeah. As mad as I was about the race, I was still, like, pumped when that happened. And then.
1: Do you uh, do you go up in the stands, JT? Yeah, I
3: did. Oh, yeah. I just. Mainly because I wanted to be by myself, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did go
1: watch it. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, you're right; it didn't turn out to be this this battle that we that we thought we'd see. Uh, any surprises? That's, that-
2: that's the thing. Like that's the point. Like it's so weird how how quickly that changed. Like you're saying, you know, I think we all tried not to overreact because we we look really bad when that happens. Like if we had really put out the full panic button, something is wrong with James Stewart after the first two races. We'd really look bad right now. So I think we all didn't want to completely go down that road. But I'm sure after the heat and after the way the first three rounds went and as Villapoto closed in him early, it was really starting to look like, okay, the nails in the coffin. Like no. this, this is a big, big shakeup here. Well, again, I was and down
1: the road. I was down the road. I was heading down. You're already down that road. I'm down, down it. I'm quarter mile down.
2: You're ge- quarter mile down that something is really up. Clicking gear. Or nothing's up. He just isn't that guy. Anymore. Yeah,
1: clicking gears, pulling a wheelie, down the road, gone. Dust, dust cloud.
2: So there you go. Like, that changed in a matter of a couple of yes. laps. Like, now yes. we're back to, oh, okay, maybe not. You know, and it's not right. even – I don't mean any of this is a, a cut down on RV. You know, he could just so easily win this weekend again. I mean, it's not over for him in any way, shape, or form. But uh, it just That's seemed like they were going one direction, and they just totally snap back the other way now.
1: JT, um, are you surprised at how – sort of average James has been this week, this year, until, uh, until, he, until this week? He
3: still doesn't look like James to me. Um, well, oh,
1: you're, so you're down the road. You're down the road with me.
3: Yeah, I, I went. I watched, uh, and I would encourage anyone who has this uh, capability, I wouldn't watch like bar bar from 2007. <laughs> uh, James, you know, when he was kind of in his, I'm like, he, he I think he was probably the best he's been in Supercross. Mm-hmm. And – I mean, he was doing things that just defied logic. I mean, I can't even explain the the passes and the things he would, you know, the the things he was doing were just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see that now. I just don't see it, and I, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know. Maybe I, I really don't know if you know, in his heart of hearts, what he feels inside. If if he feels like he can't push, and if he feels like he doesn't want to crash anymore, who knows? You know, I don't know if it's just a if it's a conscious decision or a mental block that he's got with pushing that edge like he used to, but mm-hmm. it's a different rider, and and I'll argue that with anybody who wants to go watch those races and and then watch these races and, and compare. Right. I, I truly feel that it's a different different rider right now.
1: But he's still and, dangerous. Uh, but he's still dangerous. I mean, he's still James. Yeah.
3: He's still James, but it's not the same James to me. It's not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't do the miraculous, crazy, you know, crazy balls stuff that we used to talk about all the time. You just don't see that anymore. And uh, I, I don't know if that's intentional or not. I, it just it, – it's glaringly obvious to me.
1: Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Um, one
2: thing you can look at to, to illustrate that is uh, I remember in 07, uh, I don't know if – there was only one race all year where, where Chad Reed finished in front of Stewart or something like that. He won San Diego, I think, Stewart Craft. Yeah, James, For the most James part, Stewart's only competition. Okay. Something like that, right? Uh for the yeah, most part, James the only guy that was even time. running with James was occasionally Carmichael would show up. He did like half the races, and even even then, it was it was pretty clear that Stewart was edging ahead of Carmichael at that point. Um, so I remember in 07, the consensus was, "Okay, who's the next guy? Reed it, it, Stewart has officially pulled away from Reed. Who? Maybe Villapoto will come up in a few years." And I remember talking to some people saying that, you know, after a year like this, like this could really. Uh, you know, the confidence that James is going to have over Reed at this point, and this is four years ago, they're actually closer now than they were then. Like, you would think that things would just keep going that direction. Chad was also a little bit older than James at the time. Like, you would never think four years down the road yeah. that the gap would actually be closer than it was. I That's mean, That's a good point, yeah. Again, in that race, I mean, it wouldn't have. If, if Chad had come and, and passed James back and won in Oakland, you wouldn't have been like, where did that come from? But I think he would have been four years ago.
1: Yeah. So what happened though? So um,
3: weird. Yeah. So
1: so what happened? Did did James get slower?
3: David Villeman this question.
1: <laughs> why?
3: Because uh, you know my answer.
1: Oh, I know your answer, but why not ask Villeman? Because he's going to get mad at you.
3: Yeah, he'll just get mad and right. blah, blah, blah blah blah.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know he said blah blah blah.
3: <laughs> well, pretty much. That's all he hear. Wow wow
1: wow. Like the church, the teacher in Charlie Brown? I'm
2: confused. Wait, is he saying he knows what changed with
1: JT your? is JT saying the motorcycle is the problem. I
3: feel like he can't oh, wow. he can't take the chances and push the limit on the Yamaha that he could and or they, he's not comfortable doing yeah, it or he's like it. crashing too, Whatever the reason is, I feel like that's why. I feel like it, whatever's changed, I'm not saying the bike is incapable of doing those things. I just feel like he's not, do, he's not attempting to, to ride the same way because he's had so many struggles with the bike.
1: And David Villeman would tell you that you're an idiot.
3: Yeah, yeah, for right, sure. Right. And, and I understand. I mean, he's, he's got more experience with the bike than I do. Mm-hmm. But just what I see, that's what I feel. Right. I feel James has had some big crashes and a lot of bike problems with setup on the Yamaha, and I think his, his confidence in the bike is, isn't where it used to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like he thought he could get away with anything on the Cali, and most times he did. And now it just seems like he, he doesn't or can't or feels like he can anyway.
1: Interesting. Um, JT, the track, uh, speaking to the riders after the race, a lot of them had to say the track Broke up pretty quickly. Now, obviously, you weren't in the main event. But uh, in the LCQ, did it, uh, did it seem that way? Did, could you see it going that way? Do you Or is it just yeah, riders? It was, like, you guys, you riders, you guys love to grasp at the stuff that us media guys don't really know. And we just shrug our shoulders and go, okay. Example A, I tightened up. Okay. I mean, you know, we can't tell you that you didn't tighten up or that, that you faded, that you got tired. Tightened up is right. could mean anything. And a lot of times the guy says, Yeah, the track got sketchy and we just go, hmm, okay. So you know.
3: Well the the track definitely was sketchy. It was sketchy all day. Mm-hmm. Um the the some of the ruts in practice were crazy. Like they were it was so sketchy in some spots. Uh like after the loops that like mm-hmm. that rolling thing and then three, like all that section, then that triple, they were all really, really ruddy and pretty sketch and that stuff got uh, like that again in the main event.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and just the, the dirt being soft, it, it, even in the spots it didn't get ruddy, it developed a lot of holes. So it was kind of grabbing the front end. And you saw, like, I don't know if you saw, like, Sipes jumped off the track in practice. Like, just out of nowhere, he just jumps off the finish line, off the side. No, I didn't like, see Like, it that. would do, like, no. weird stuff like that. Like, it would grab your front, mm-hmm. and, like, the front tire would almost roll, and it would just shoot you straight right well, or straight s- left. And you sort of what really, happened. Yeah. It was just like a soft spot, you know?
1: It's kind of what happened to Dean Wilson. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the, that was the weird stuff, like, that you couldn't predict because you couldn't tell it was soft. It was just, like, all of a sudden you'd just hook left. You'd have to be fighting it to stay on the track, and, mm-hmm. you, you know, it was just really hard to tell when that stuff was coming.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, so part of the – is that part of why James was good? Because it was technical and beat up out there? That's sort of a theory that I'm thinking about?
3: Uh, I don't know. I think James was – you know, he put himself in a good position for once. He was at the towards the front at the start. I think that was a huge key. Uh, you know, Los Angeles, he was at the front too, but, you know, obviously he fell. And, and I wasn't totally sold on the fact that he was done. Los Angeles yet. Um, you know, it wasn't even halfway yet when he fell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's yet to be seen. He he wasn't really that, that great at the beginning of this race either. So, you know, who's to say he couldn't have elevated his game in the second half of Los Angeles either. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think it was, a, you know, a matter of the track, you know, made him win the race. I, I just think he – Put all together, didn't make any mistakes. You know, you didn't see the the silly mistake like he had in Los Angeles, uh, and he just he rode calm and was patient. And yep. that was the main thing I saw is he was really, really patient, even when RV brought pressure in the yeah. heat and in the main event. Kind yeah. of the same, he didn't panic, he didn't do anything stupid, he didn't you know what's, try what's... to override the track or the bike or do anything. He just hung in there and then you know made his pass on Chad and. Which is staying in his line, which is kind of weird. Which
1: you know, is right? sort of what the old James Stewart would do, or many times we've seen him overreact, grab more throttle, try to do something silly.
3: Yeah, I think the old James Stewart was his mentality was no one is going faster than me, and if you catch me, I'm out of here. Like I don't care what it takes, <laughs> right. I'm leaving right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and he was capable of doing that, mm-hmm. but uh, it just seemed like. This weekend he was like, "All right, RV's fast right now. I'm just going to try to figure out what he's doing and, and wait it out, and then I'll you know I'll mm-hmm. find my own rhythm here." Right. So I don't know. It's a different. It's just a, such a different James Stewart now than when you go back and look at old tapes. It's weird. Like it's, it's like a different guy on the bike. Well, again, uh,
1: and I, I can't I can't stress enough that uh, JT does watch these bar to bars in his van while he goes riding when he goes to the track. So like nobody knows the bar to bars better than Jason Thomas.
2: So it's Rocky training music on the way to the track and a little bit of bar-to-bar splashed in there.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, how does it go, JT? Does it go Rocky on odd days and bar-to-bar on the even days? Uh,
3: the, the Rocky stuff's usually at the race to try to get myself pumped up. The bar-to-bar stuff, honestly, is I really, like, try to study this stuff. Like, I think it's it's a, kind of an underrated, you know, um, tool as far as studying the evolution of how people have gotten faster and and the different different ways people you know that the reason the sport is elevated is uh people have changed their techniques and bike setup and all these things and if you go back and look at just five years ago it's pretty evident the way you know everybody's scrubbing now and staying low and all this you know the turn momentum of the turns is so much higher and all this stuff so Mm -hmm. especially for me trying to get better like you know having a rough spell right now like i'm just trying to find answers and find stuff to work on to to get better and it's uh it's a great way to do it i mean I do watch a lot of those tapes for sure
1: does uh does Y-Gant ever make an appearance in those part of bars, like webcast wise
3: uh no not really I, it's it's i it's get edited like because yeah, I watch like usually oh six oh seven well oh three through eight a lot uh-huh. uh and uh it's it's like art arts in those um, david Bailey's in the early ones. I don't know. When,
1: you know when did it's just, Art- it's
3: like every race is a highlight, so it's not a right. lot of in depth stuff. No,
1: I would think that they would put they maybe put Holly and Wygant in a few sections. You know what I mean? Just take their call of the race.
3: Yeah, they never do anything like that. It's just it's just <laughs> the main commentator. <laughs> they never the do highlight. anything
1: anything creative or different. No,
2: <laughs> well that's extra work. I mean that's hard. I, I I don't even blame them. Heck, they're trying to put a highlight package together. Why well, be like, hey, let's go through 300 hours of webcast to see what those guys have to say? Well, um, but I think they did have post-race press conference quotes in some of them. I hosted them, but you would never hear the question. You would just hear the answer. Oh, yeah, on the, on the special features disc, they have all that stuff. Yeah,
3: yeah. special no f- questions.
1: <laughs> do, do they have the like answer. Do they have like a night out with Jim Holly in one of the special features? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <'Cause>
3: like <laughs> you know, you'd have to sign off for that <laughs> disc.
1: <laughs> Holly puts a GoPro. A
3: DVD of that out there somewhere for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think Felt sells it. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> Which, I think it's called One Night in Hollywood. It's uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he puts a GoPro. Video dot com. He puts a GoPro on <laughs> and uh, goes after a race somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, do, am I in, in them at all? Can you ever see me?
3: Uh. Just uh, just in 03 with the Ricky thing. Oh, and, the, oh like, what, you
1: wanted to shoot me? Yeah.
3: Yeah, they show all that stuff. Yeah. Like they're like, slow-mo and all that
4: stuff.
1: I thought more like they'd show me slow-mo pit-boarding Timmy, waving him on and be like the urging of his wrench caused the 15, you know, like kind of like a an NFL Films documentary. No, not so much. Like Steve <laughs> Sable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. The Autumn like Wind that. is a Raider. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for 309 dollars 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS 2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over.
2: Hey, with, the, uh, with Stewart's uh, change here, uh, do you think, JT, that it is a byproduct of he's had some big crashes? So he has said, uh, I've got to figure out on occasion how to... Manage it's kind of the same thing that happens in almost any sport where you maybe don't have the same you know just crazy highlight level stuff, but you get smarter through the years. Like it's yeah. a byproduct of I've crashed so many times doing that stuff. I'm gonna I've have learned a little bit about how to go about it a different way. Is that possible?
3: I think so. Yeah, but if you look at those tapes, he really didn't crash that much back then. That's the crazy <laughs> thing is he was doing yeah, right. retarded things and he didn't crash a lot. Right. So crashes, I think it has some something, something to do with that, but it's it's almost he, those crashes have only been the last couple of years, so it's it's uh yeah. you know, it's hard to say if if he had never switched brands or if he'd never done anything different, who knows, you know. I, I'm just looking at the last couple of years and then the results of what I see now on the racetrack. And it's still a great rider and a great you know, he he's capable of winning races and championships, but it's a different rider. It's a different style. Um I don't know, just it's weird to me. Like, if you look at Chad Reed, 2007, and now it's the same exact style. He, You know, it's like a ghost out there, just a different bike and different gear. But then if you look at James, it doesn't look anything like the same person to me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, uh, Mario Lemieux, perfect example of a guy who had magical gifts early in his career and then near the end when his body was breaking down, was still a great player but wasn't doing the same things. So, good job, Wigandt.
2: I was i was just wondering, because, too, if you look at the crashes this year, like James did crash in three of the first three races, which make you think, ah, oh, same old James Stewart, reckless as always. But those were just, just dumb crashes, like they were not the result of trying to do something crazy or riding too hard or being out of control. Um, and I think you could almost see it, like, in his body language. Each time when he crashed, there was a theory that he was out of shape and couldn't get up quickly because he was tired. But to me, it almost just seemed like... It was a frustration. of, I cannot believe I just crashed. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just, it was just like devastation. Yeah, like I'm not even pushing it right now. I can't believe I did that. Right. You know what I mean? Like that.
1: Um, well, again, you're tight with the JGR guys, and as a matter of fact, had lunch there yesterday. Um,
2: oh, it was free. It was good. <laughs> in that order. <laughs>
1: How, what's the mood like? How are those guys? And even with David Millsaps, let's face it, um, Millsaps hasn't been great. But the two weeks in a row, he's, he's rode pretty good.
2: Yeah, but um, I think the, the, the story that a lot of people maybe don't realize is that the headline was that that was that James Stewart's practice mechanic, uh, Mark Adams, you know, passed in the most tragic way possible um, on Thursday.
1: Don't help uh, people out is the lesson I got from that.
2: That's the thing. Like, it, that's what I'm saying. It cannot get any more right. tragic. Right. You know, it happened in an instant. The guy was 28 years old, and he did it while being a good Samaritan. It doesn't get any worse. Um, but the. The story behind the story there is that he was James' practice mechanic, but only since, I think, uh, November. Uh, He'd actually worked at the JGR team when they started. Then he moved on. And then when James was looking for a new guy this year, J-Bone said, well, there's a guy that worked for us. I think he could do a good job for you. The team kind of introduced him to the Stewarts, So it actually is someone who's almost tighter with the team guys Mm -hmm. uh, than with James. Yeah, he's been working with James and has been in his house five days a week for the last – couple of months but the rest of the guys knew him for a while and two of the guys on the team were down there testing on Wednesday you know and they were hanging out with the guy Wednesday night
4: mm-hmm. you know and this
2: happened Thursday morning so uh obviously they're excited to get their first win I'm sure they've been you know it's been a tough first couple of weekends there so right. I'm sure that they were happy to get it but at the same time there's a lot of other stuff going on so it was very very strange uh circumstance there I think almost Obviously, when something like that happens, nobody really knows how to feel. Right. You don't really know what you're supposed to do with that, and then throw in the potential of something to celebrate. It's really, really strange. Um, so I think it was more of a fist pump, like "Yes, we got one." More than a doing high fives and right. flipping and going crazy.
1: Um, so, range times. Josh Hansen, tenth. He's uh, he's eighth in the points. Uh, JT. Much better than we thought, right?
3: Uh, much more
1: consistent, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, haven't seen any I, flashes <clears throat> of of talent. Like, or not? I shouldn't say that. it Came out wrong. Haven't seen any flashes of brilliance from him. You know, but he's been yeah, solid and steady.
3: Have, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, uh,
1: yeah, well, I thought he would
3: have more speed. Um, and that's you know I'm not. That's not a dig at him at all. That's just more of a the respect I have for him as a dirt bike racer, I, I thought he was going to be actually, like, faster. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought at times, like, he was going to be able to race with those guys. Like, he, may, they may end up beating him and, you know, just be stronger at the end because, you know, they have more experience and, and more time in the class. But, um, and, I, and I don't even like saying it because it I has such a negative connotation. I just kind of expected more on the, like, flat-out speed side of it.
4: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know what
3: you're saying. I kinda of thought
2: too that there'd be a heat race, for example, where he would just get the whole shot and then one of those guys would make the move on him and he'd pass him back and maybe lead him for a lap or two. And he wouldn't maybe win the heat, but you'd be like, Man, two or three laps, Hanson was right there with those guys. He can it was you yeah, know, exactly. just, Hey, I'll run this pace. Yeah. I kind of I mean, I guess maybe we've got what, thirteen more races for it to happen. But uh I do I did kind of expect that type of moment to happen at some point, but now I don't know if it will. Um or Maybe he just needs a few races to get accustomed. I don't think he'll win a race, but yeah, I expected to see that too.
1: Uh, best race of the of the year for Andrew Short. Fifth place, rode good. Um, Dungey, you know, got him in the end, but he stayed close. He marked him pretty good.
3: Yeah, I mean, is it could it be any more of a testament to <laughs> the four the Honda four hundred and fifty versus the bike he rode last year? I mean, and I, people still want to say. Oh, the bike, well, it wasn't the bike, it well, wasn't the bike.
1: We can call up one Mr. David Pingree, and he'll argue to the death with you on that.
3: Right. But but how can it not be the bike? <laughs> look, at, look at the difference. I mean, he starts up front every time, and he's running at the front. He may not be able to lead the race, you know, for more than a few laps, but he couldn't even see the lead last year.
1: You're preaching to the choir, uh, to, I think, over here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just like David Billman, too. Like, I, I see it, stuff he says and writes about it, and it's like it's painfully obvious to me that he's in a much better place, you know, on that bike. And uh, results-wise, it's showing immediately.
1: Um, what's up? Uh, you I and D. He,
3: he said as much last year as he's like, I can't, you know, if I get back on that Honda, I know exactly how to get a start on it. I know exactly what RPMs mm-hmm. to use. I know everything. And he's proving that. He's hole shotting almost every time. You know, he obviously crashed Los Angeles, but he hole-shotted two for two this weekend. And if I'm not mistaken, he's had two or three more whole shots, you know, in heats and main events already this year.
1: Yeah, so. I, uh, I, I, I I can't find it, but I swear it existed. This is kind of like Mr. Snuppelovius. But I've been trying to find this press release that KTM came out with, with Everett's and Pitt Byer talking about the 350, and it is the future, and that is the way they are going. And they're concentrating all their racing efforts on 350s. This was, you know, this was like January, November, December of 2010. 2010. I've done yeah. internet searches for it. I even searched motocross action for it because I'm like, these idiots will have it for sure. And I can't find this press release, and I know I read it. Because I well, just,
2: I remember one actually. Um, not You might be getting confused. I remember one from almost three years ago, I think where it was kind of a joint thing between the GPs and KTM saying, we're developing this bike. We think this is the perfect recipe for the future as far as the class, what's rideable to a lot of guys. I don't think it was. I remember seeing one not just about the bike, and it even had like a silhouette of like a, a drawn silhouette <laughs> to make it seem like, whoa, what's this thing going to look like? Yeah. And then lo and behold, two years later, our production bike came out. I think it was a full-on, this is what the class should be.
1: Not no, just, no. bike for the class. No. Okay. I, mean,
2: I want to find that older one. It's even better.
1: Yeah, and just I want to see this thing, and then just you know put the results and make fun of it. I think it'd be pretty hilarious for myself. Um, uh, but I can't find it. It's gone off the internet somehow. KTM has controlled the internet. They got Al Gore to pull the to pull the uh, pull the release off the internet. I can't find it. So um, well, is
2: the proof now that they put a 450 under their own guy now? Well, that's I mean, just it. That's
1: not- I mean, that's just it. I mean, hey, Ryan Dungey. Uh, would, we'd like to sign you for next year. All we have is a KTM 350 free-to-ride. Fucking insert the sound of crickets. Right? There's no doubt, right? Yeah, well, I mean, there's no doubt. You know... Sorry. No. Um, Go ahead.
3: You know, you know. at some point, there was a meeting, and whoever, Roger or, or Ryan, somebody said, if we're going to do this, we're building a new bike. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah. 100% that happened. You know, that's the only way we're doing it. Period. Mandatory. You know, put in writing. We want a. It has to be a 450 cc bike, and it has to be brand new. Otherwise, see you later.
1: Right. Yeah. Eh. So, anyways, I mean, whatever. that's
3: that's the proof is in the pudding, right there. That's all that you know.
1: What does that mean? The proof is in the pudding. Like
3: who? I don't know, but the point remains.
1: <laughs> like who made that up? Like what's in the pudding? What was pudding so good? I think
3: Bill Cosby made it up, and it was a marketing ploy. The Jello. Or Jello. Thing. Huh.
1: Jello. The Puddin' Pops in the Puddin' Pops. Okay. let's move. Do
2: it. Isn't, isn't pudding made of
1: horse hooves or something? is that true? That's hot dogs.
2: Hot dogs are made of horse hooves? Yeah. I thought they were even... Yeah, left. they have hair but in them. them. They have
3: horse. all kinds of crap on them. Uh,
1: let's go on to... Uh, <laughs> Why well, again? Uh, the Who's the guy that works the Racer X booth? Uh, Jordan. 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 He had, a f- guy. he had a funny line about Cody Mackey.
2: Um, oh, in his uh, in his uh, interview.
1: Yes. Th- why th- they
2: picked him for the team? Yes. Yeah, because he's three thirty-three, replacing Josh Grant number thirty-three, and we all know that Jeff Ward, you know, number three was one of uh, Ward's iconic numbers. So I mean, it's pretty obvious why they're picking the riders they picked. They had
1: and they saved lots of money on gear and iron on and everything. So um, yeah,
2: uh, that was a. A, a pretty good pickup I guess. I mean the yeah. goal of the replacement guys is to make to put it in the put it in the main, right? That's the
1: first goal. That's the goal. They um did. this next part could be a little painful for J T but uh Ben Lemay and Robbie Bobby Canari made the uh first main events of the year. They good, did. Good they for did. them.
3: They both actually LeMay passed me and uh actually it was riding really well all day. He qualified like fifteenth or something. Who did? And then uh Lemay. Lemay, yeah. And yeah. And then um he passed me in the heat, and I just couldn't do anything about it. And then the last chance, I was right behind Bob and
1: couldn't pass him. So, That's how it I, goes? <laughs> gotta get better. No excuses. I, I made a I made a joke on Twitter that, you know, all these guys are out on the parade lap without a jacket on. Lemay Lemay's that one of the guys he probably can't afford a jacket, and I got a lot of flack like saying that was a dick move and and whatever math. I just meant like Ben Lemay is as privateer as privateer gets. That's all he didn't have, I have a jacket.
3: I have a feeling that it was more of his Alaskan native. Yeah. You know, and and was he was cold. House. He's like cold? What is it? this isn't cold?
1: Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about My it that.
3: My homeland
1: is -50 right now. Uh, let's move on to the lights we class,
3: right? all day
2: long though during certain times of the year, 24 hours. Never gets dark.
1: Yeah. Just so moto, just modes down.
2: Hey, before you before we move on, and actually, we move on, and actually, I have actually looked up I also the heard in the pudding.
1: I also heard uh, that a beaver actually takes his lap times. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: yeah. Is it one of the one of the Palin family members? Because he's actually listed from Wasilla, even the same,
1: um, same town. And a polar bear is in the whoops.
2: Instead of a whoop monster.
1: It's it's polar bear. Okay. And then a walrus. There's instead of a sand pit. It's a walrus pit.
3: I have the no walrus.
1: I can go on if you guys want, or we can just move on.
3: I have the... You're uh, on a roll. Everyone, you're just killing it right now. Keep going.
2: Yeah, they are good. I have the definition of proof is in the pudding and why that phrase exists. Are you ready? Yeah. I've looked it up. Uh, Apparently, the problem is, uh, much like, you know, Kevin Wyndham becomes KW and then K-dub, things keep getting shortened so much that the actual phrase isn't supposed to be the proof is in the pudding. It's been shortened. It's supposed to be the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Meaning the quality of the item is (laughs) apparent by what it tastes like. Wow, what a result makes it obvious.
1: What an incredible theory that is.
2: But you you are actually correct. It proves in the pudding. Look at the results. So the the quality of the pudding can be detected when you eat it. The quality of the bite can be detected by the results.
1: All right. Things you things 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 you learn. I also want to insert uh, I just didn't have anything for LeMay, as one of the phrases I wasn't sure I would hear ever in my life that JT uttered five minutes ago. <laughs> just just for the record. Nothing against Ben. Nothing against Ben. Just. I didn't have anything for LeMay.
2: You got yourself out of the jacket quote, and then you just dug yourself a hole <laughs> twice as big
1: for that one. <laughs> Good point.
3: Yeah, I mean, what do, you, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to make excuses. He passed me and beat but, me.
1: Yep, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get it. Um. Yeah,
3: whatever. I've done. I've done it lots of times to him, and I'm going to try like hell to do it to him this weekend. So
1: yeah, That's, how is. that's the attitude. Uh, lights. Ian Tyler Bowers used to battle uh, with here, amateurs. Here we I go. Think
3: Bowers, I don't see. know if Bowers ever quite went to
2: that level to say he didn't have anything for him. But
1: where, where is he, Bowers? I mean, where is he? It's He's over. Right. Isn't Arena Cross over?
2: No, I got a long way to go. I don't no. understand why they scheduled it this way. The, they have two. You would have to miss the first two East races on the same weekend as as. Um, Uh, arena cross it's over if you're a guy like Bowers that's a bummer because let's say someone gets hurt he could end up on the short list for at least a shot but you know you're going to miss the first two races you know that's not that's the way the schedule happens to be this year
1: well again didn't you tell me you were done with arena cross
2: no no I got to do two more two more uh, blocks of shows now the series continues there's like four or five more
3: weekends to go okay I have a question Why are you guys wearing headsets when you're broadcasting the arena cross? Yeah, you know, I've gotten that one before.
2: (laughs) Um, Because we're broadcasting arena cross. Like I don't understand. Like, we're broadcasters. We have headsets. Why is that? I don't even understand the question. (laughs) The proof is in the pudding. Is there too much noise? They're actually earmuffs because it's so loud.
1: Is there too much noise in the arena? Why again? Is that it?
2: We have headsets on with a microphone attached. To them. I don't understand why that's weird. Like, what is weird about that?
1: Well, forget it.
2: Isn't that how broadcasting is done? I don't. Like,
1: I don't think you want to look behind the curtain, Wygant.
2: What are you wearing? What are you wearing right now, Steve?
1: <laughs> wow. Well, what are you wearing? It's really kind of personal, don't you think? Um, <laughs> Wygant, if you don't want people to know what's going on behind the curtain, just tell us.
2: Oh, what? That we're not at the races? Whoa. Oh, no, I'll throw that out there. No, I have to throw that out there because when things controversial happen, people come to me to ask, <laughs> well, you were there. Did he really take the guy out? No, 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 I wasn't out there. I wasn't out there. Well, um,
1: uh, yeah. JT's point is, is you it. guys are wearing them, like, protect against the noise, you know, in the arena with the backdrop. The,
2: the, oh, I see, yeah, because we're not really there. But the thing is that this actually, even when we're doing the show in a soundproof booth, we still use a headset, like, because... It's e- what are you you're gonna hold a microphone for forty five minutes? Like it's easier to just have it mm-hmm. there. Like we don't even have microphones. Like we have headsets and microphones. That's just what we use. Okay. Or everything. So I don't. I'm still a little confused
3: why that's so weird.
1: <laughs> I, I'm with JT. It's weird. Everybody thinks that. Yeah.
3: No, I don't think are it's weird. Even, I was just making fun of that question. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Funny. Somebody tweeted in there. like almost once a week I get a tweet of why are you wearing a headset. When you're doing the Arena Cross broadcast, and my answer is because I'm doing the Arena Cross broadcast. <laughs> Mathis, are you wearing a headset right now?
1: I'm not. I wear headphones and I no, speak. He, in.
2: he leans in.
3: He likes the old school radio oh, DJ radio. Hi. Oh, this is cool. 98.7. <laughs> coming at you. Um,
1: no, my microphone is the same one Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh uses. It's a $600 microphone that I have suspended. Like I in a headset. Like that was in, my point. Right. And I lean in. But Kenny Watson talks into a headset. The guests talk into a headset.
2: Well, but Kenny was required because he would move away from yeah, the Yeah. He
1: cannot that. figure it out. He can't figure out where to yeah, to speak into the microphone. And even now, he can't figure out really to speak into the headset. So um, let's move on to the we're 52 minutes in. Talked about pudding. Talked about the Ben Lemay. Talked about CBS. But we have not talked about the lights class. And there's only one guy to talk Daytona. about.
2: Don't forget Daytona.
1: <laughs> Daytona. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to end up going now because I'm shamed into it uh, we haven't talked about the main guy, the number one guy in the lights class to talk about, Zach Osborne
2: I'm beginning to get a little worried, With I'm almost kind of pumped that Osborne will not be racing the next couple races, only because I had to say it quickly so no one would edit my stuff out of context <laughs> the you and Zach Osborne connection, I understand He's gone over your house, he's been on your show, uh, he runs a goggle brand that you are familiar with, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the column that he has in Racer X we stole from Pulp MX, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I understand the connection,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I think the love affair, I think you guys need a little cooling off period.
1: <laughs> I think so too. It's crazy. I think, this it's is crazy. For the, I think this is for the best.
2: That's what I'm saying. I think I talk- it needs to go away.
1: I talked to him this morning while I was walking my dog for 45 minutes.
2: That's my point. Yeah, needs to go away a little bit. <laughs> go to Europe, Zach. Athens makes the heart grow fonder. I can't even imagine how much, how much fonder it can get.
1: Uh, well, okay. Let me just ask this, um, and this was something, JT. Did I ask you this on the show when you were on?
3: Depends on the question. You haven't asked me yet. Oh yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> would you have kept going if you were him?
3: No, I, I don't think he has anything left to gain. That's my opinion. Okay.
1: Well, then. Me and Chad Reed disagree. But you and Kenny Watson and Larry Brooks are all in the same boat. Why yeah, again? I just
3: don't see Like, he's going to get a great ride, and he's, he's already gained the bargaining power he needs. Um, going into the season now, like, his, he's contracted to try to win races in Europe, and mm-hmm. his plan all along was to go focus on that now. And, and I, I think he did what – I think he did the best thing he possibly could do for himself, if he wants to race in the U.S. next year.
1: Okay. Well, again, so, what, do you, what do you think? What
3: else is there left
2: to gain? Yeah, I agree with JT because the only thing he could gain, I guess, there's a possibility. It's not, it's not completely remote. He could maybe even pull off a win, but you know, that's going to be tough. Like, Tomac's pretty on it, and and you know, um, Muskin's pretty tough. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like he, he's close. But I don't think it's like a guaranteed victory. Say coming up this weekend. Yeah. So that's the only thing I could see you'd have to gain. Like, of course, if you can put a W uh, in the record book, that's mm-hmm. awesome. But I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. And otherwise, yeah, he's done everything he can do. So
1: I know he's talked to just about every team. I can think. I think I can let that much out, except for Yamaha. So that's good job on that Yamaha.
2: I still think it's underrated what he's done being on that team and bike. I know whoa, they're a factory whoa. team in the GP. So I know, I know, I know. But it's even, they have to be at a disadvantage of some sort compared to the riders he's racing against. Against Geico, Pro Circuit, and Factory KTM. There's no way he's on even ground with those guys. In the class, supposedly, that if you don't have the right equipment, don't even show up.
1: Yeah. So, I, right? the bike, I think that
3: bike's pretty good. The bike's good. They really
1: yeah. yeah bike's good. It
3: looks really good. Like I practiced with him few months ago and just as even his practice bike that thing was yeah. fast like i i don't think he's at a big you know, he may be resources wise or you know something with setup or race day help with you know you know advantage setup wise having technicians but i, I think motor wise i think he's he's where he needs to be
1: jt do you want to talk about,
3: about what
1: about oland oh Ooh.
3: i don't know That's just, i think that's uh he seems pumped on it. Well, it looks really soft to me. You like, know, his bike looks really soft.
1: You know, um, the Olin's uh, American comp- uh division is right by Zach where he lives, so he had a ton of testing time with Olin's. Yeah, so that helps. Yep. I mean, if you have a ton of testing time with Jim's bump sticks, you know, you can get you can get it close. That's that's a very All right. important key. So, All right. uh, JT, do you want to tell the story about how Zach Osborne almost got both of us? Cut out of the Reed family.
3: <laughs> it was not much of a story. It's just uh lack of communication. He you know, obviously, you know, he was allowed to ride. Chad, you know, was c- super cool and let him ride. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: And I didn't. I didn't uh, tell Ellie. I guess Ellie didn't find out. What and happened to your phone? Ellie was there. No, he showed there. up. What?
1: Your phone went away for a little bit.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, I. You know, whoever was supposed to tell Ellie, I'll take blame for it. <sighs> She was there when Zach showed up, and she had no clue. So she's obviously like, did you, what the heck? Do you think no, she even knew I, who I Zach no was?
1: Does she even know who Zach was? <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know. That's J- a good question.
1: thought it was Jason Lawrence? <laughs> He's going to burn, yeah, burn was, the whole property down? That, <laughs> you
3: know, she was upset that somebody showed up, and she didn't even know about it. So, you know, yeah. totally my fault. I take the blame for it. I felt bad for Zach because he was kind of put, put in a bad spot. Or, yeah. you know, he was like, oh, I, I thought it was okay. and oh. So, whatever. I mean, it all it all worked out in the end. He got the ride. You know, everybody was fine and right. was obviously doing great. So,
1: okay. um, Eli Tomac, 15-point lead already, thanks to Dean Wilson uh, crashing this weekend and um, crashing an A1 also. Uh, Eli put some points on him there too. Uh, that's early, Wygant, to have 15 points. Four races left.
2: Hey, what tires does Zach Osborne run?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to run Michelin according to the stickers on his bike and the stuff on his jersey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But
2: just saying, he's overcome a lot with the program. I, I think that that needs recognition. I know it's a factory team in Europe. Mm-hmm. I understand the bikes fast, right. I still think that
1: Oh if you, I mean if you want to interview him, I'll call him I'll interview him again if you want to give him uh, more yeah. recognition.: yeah, I'm sure you will if you, yep. if you want me to do anything more with him, boss, just tell you, me Anything? Wow, anything on the website.
2: Oh. Well, that still doesn't narrow down very well. <laughs> It doesn't,
1: does it? Does it. Um, I did get a new webcam, so. uh my... on that
3: same site with Holly. <laughs>
1: yeah, going to be on the outtakes. Uh, um,
2: I-, I just, I think it's crazy. I-, I still think, like, in that class, it's, for example, with James Stewart, all this stuff is, so, well, they're doing this weird, and they're doing that weird. How can that possibly work? But then Osborne has all this other stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it works. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that class is supposed to be all about if you don't have the right team and experience and knowledge and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's what Villeman says, I guess, blah, blah, blah. blah. I really think,
3: (laughs) I honestly think all that, you know, what you're referring to is with the motor. I I really do. I I feel like that's where all the teams are spending all their money is is motor development. And uh, I think. I think they have, like, Cosworth or whoever does their motors is, like, I think that's who Star was using for a while or whatever. Their motor's there. That's that's not the problem. And, and you hear all these things, oh, it's so expensive to run a light steam, and that's why. They're, they're spending crazy amounts of money on motor development. So, you know, like I had said before, that part of the equation is there. The rest of it, a 250F handles so much better than a 450, no matter what, at all times. So... Suspension-wise and, and chassis and all that stuff is not near the issue. It is on a 450, so you can get away with a lot more. Um, it's just, you know, having the power to get the start and, and all that stuff is, is the biggest thing. Well, it's that's why it's good to have a pro on the show every once in a
1: while. Well, a pro that doesn't tell us a 350 is just as good as a 450, which is what the other pro te- tries to tell us. Oh, sorry. You know, I, I did some starts with Tyler Keeve. And we were side-by-side, side, <laughs> and there was no difference. You know what I mean? Like, why can't, right? Back me up on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back me on that. The, 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 no, it yeah, handles. You can pull the file. It handles. It's great. It's no difference. I got the same starts. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. Um,
2: we're asking something about Tomac points, I think. Is that I, don't, we're? I
1: don't know. Musquin. Musquin did good. All right. Sipes, yeah, he did good. Um, Matt Moss got fifth. Good for him. And Travis yep. Baker, best ride of uh, T. Bakes' season, uh, who's not very happy with me. Travis Baker is not. Um, he said, I made a comment about, uh, hey, it's his last year of his contract, so, you know, if he, he's he got to ride better this year or whatever. He needs a contract. And, and he saw me and said, Mathis, I give it 100% all the time. It doesn't matter about my contract. about my contract. And I'm like, okay, well, still, you need a contract, and I know you're thinking about that. JT, right? That's what you guys think about.
3: Uh, I've not, never had it to your deal, so... Not you, per
1: se. I mean, you're still owed money by every team you've ever ridden for. But normal riders. <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: it's kind of early for that, though. JT is know. still trying I'm, to I'm get... I'm sure that's in the back of their head, but in the middle of the race, they're not like, oh, man, like, no, oh, i got No, of course right not. Go, no. go, go. No. That's, that, I don't think that happens.
1: Um, JT is still trying to get money from Excel Yamaha. Mid-week.
3: That's more midweek right. stuff. Like, right. man, right. i gotta, I got to freaking do good this weekend. Like, it's contract hmm. time, like, got to do it. In the race, eh, not right so much. And how's
1: that... How's that? Are you still trying to get money from Excel Yamaha from 99? Is that, is how's that working out?
3: I pretty much gave up on everything.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Every dollar i owed, I pretty much gave up
1: on. Yeah, yeah. DNA? How's that going?
3: Yeah. I, I don't know who that is. <laughs>
1: um when
2: you race for a team that's called Subway Coca-Cola and, and still having a tough time squeezing money out of those empires.
1: Yeah, Man. yeah. We know that those we were... We don't dr- have
2: it. We don't have it. Those <laughs> were direct...
1: That was te- that team was a direct corporate to race team model. I mean, there was. Oh yeah. I mean, it was. There's no doubt.
2: Could I put? Could I just go and get stickers made of any company <laughs> I want and put it on there and be like, I oh, got <laughs> them.
1: You could. <laughs> <laughs> I got mean, them. I mean, really? Right? you know
3: that? Like back in the day, uh, you remember the first year of Factory Connection team? It was Jack in the Box. Yeah. Yeah. You know they didn't get paid anything, right?
1: No, I didn't know that. Not,
3: not one dollar. <laughs> they didn't get one dollar. They Jack in the Box made an agreement with them that they were allowed to use their name to draw in other sponsors. They would, they would, you know, run it as a full Jack in the Box race team, but they would get zero dollars. It was just a marketing tool. And Jack in the Box, it was like win win. And the team didn't lose any money by being Jack in the Box, but it drew in, you know, other sponsors. Oh, we had this huge sponsor, blah blah blah.
1: I did not know so, that.
3: Wow, it made them look more true? legit. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yep. So there is Jack in the Box sponsored, Michael Rocco, zero dollars coming in. But hey, don't you want to sponsor our team and rider?
1: So why guy You're onto something. You're onto something.
2: Maybe (laughs) forget Brian Segrist. I'm just going to get some Apple stickers.
1: Facebook, Apple, we're coming. Yeah, Yeah. obviously you you have to to sign off. Get
2: on board now.
1: Could you? Could you? Um, could you change it? Instead of Facebook, could you call it like? uh, could you put an extra E in there, and then when they came after you, you just go, "Hey, man, it's not Facebook, it's Facebook." <laughs> you know what I mean? Or could you could you it's call it apple? It's pear or apples. No, man, it's green uh, apple. Yeah, it's just
2: you can't tell because it's <laughs> whiteed it
1: out. Right. I mean, just to protect yourself in legal situations. No, man, I didn't claim to be sponsored by Apple. It's I'm sponsored by apples. Yeah. Yeah, my
2: buddy owns You're, what? You're telling apple me that two jobs owns a fruit that comes off of a tree? Yeah. How is that not public domain?
1: Right, exactly. Um, hey, Wygant, uh, you didn't go to Oakland. And and let me tell you why you need to go to Oakland or why you should have gone to Oakland. Because you would have saw your guy, Jason Anderson, throwing away a podium spot. He rode great. He had to go to the LCQ again. But he was on the move to the front when he went down. And uh, I have no doubt that my little Zachy Poo, my little twinkle-tum, baby bear, Zaki-poo, might not have got a podium if Oz, if Anderson hadn't gone down.
3: Oh, he got help to the ground. Make no <laughs> mistake. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> he got Marvin Muscan. Wow. He got uh, Mus- Muscon, or Mus- yeah. Muscan. Well, he
1: got and I have yet to watch the lights race on TV, but it looked more like a racing incident or no?
3: Well, it was a, an aggressive racing incident where one person was left on the ground. <laughs>
1: Okay. (laughs)
4: Um,
1: But uh, no, he was uh, he was on the move. You would have been very proud of him, and then you would have been in tears right after.
2: Yeah, but I think it's okay because I think the whole goal here is to just show the potential, show that the flame is still alive. Um, I'm sure you know getting a podium would have been better, but I don't think it's a complete waste. You know, that's a lot of progress when you look at where he was last year, and now to think, all right, he can run with almost anyone. I mean, maybe maybe not Tomac, but you know, he's mixing it up with you know, moose can, there's no slouch. So I think that's a, a big sign of potential. I'm sure he yeah. would have liked to have had the bonus and everything right. that comes with getting yeah. on the podium. But he's definitely shown that he's got the ability to do it. And I don't even think we really saw a flash like that.
1: Yeah, but no, I, uh, I agree. Uh,
2: also in the press box at Anaheim 1, Mathis, I think you and I kind of tussled a little bit over Osborne versus Anderson. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that.
1: Were you giving it to me with both barrels?
2: I had to give it to <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said that uh, Osborne will be top five tonight. Stamp it. I did. Stamp it. Yes, he will be top five tonight. Well, I, well, it was stamped, and then I looked at the stamped piece of paper at the end of the night, and I think it said ninth. So, well, like the stamp got all blurred. Like well, it didn't. It was oh, he, he was, fifth, but it said ninth. I don't the, understand.
1: The, hey, I was like Nostradamus. I was a little early, but it, I knew it.
2: But. Uh, that becoming like a battle, like I'm like, I think Anderson could be top five. And then if you look at their results, man, it would be tough to pick them. Like I almost wish Osborne would stick around the next couple just to see who would come out on top of the mini series.
1: My little zackie Poo Twinkle Toes. Yeah. Well, would would prevail? I have a feeling.
2: Oh, you're just saying that right now. You're just declaring
1: yeah. it. Yeah, Osborne's on another level. Um, oh, really? Um, a couple questions, JT. One for you. Uh. You're tight well, we're all tight with Dean Wilson except for Wygan. He doesn't they bury their beef but there's still issues there. But uh uh I mean J T do we just do we just say that Dean Wilson isn't that good of a supercross rider? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I don't think so at all. Well,
1: I mean his outdoor record is far superior to his indoor record.
3: Well yeah, but there's there's extenuating circumstances. I, I, I think Anyway.
1: again uh, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I don't agree with that either. I mean,
1: okay.
4: that's,
2: You're looking at, you know, he did win the outdoor title last year. But, you know, it was a battle for most of the year. 20, you know, it's, not like he went, it's not like he won every single moto and then, like, 22,
1: Twenty-one podiums out of 24 motos. I mean, that is. Yeah, but
2: he won some supercross races last year, and he's won one this year. It's not like he's a complete slouch. It's, it's like the way the ball is bouncing, you know. Could, would it be would it be just as fair to say uh, Tomac and Barsha or Tickle, you know, who had better seasons than him in Supercross last year? What was wrong with them outdoors? I mean, is it not is it not as fair a question to go in the other direction too?
1: Well, he's a good. I'm not saying he is, a, you know, a crappy Supercross rider, but do we? He's really good outdoors, and he's just very good in Supercross, which is. Well, ri-
3: let's look at it. Let's look at it. He's gone. Crash. First race he wasn't good. By nobody's standards was it good. Second race win. Commanding win. Like dominant. No one can you know, Tomac could have raced with him obviously, but didn't. And he, he had everybody else covered easily. Third race, second place. Um not stellar, but you know, solid. Solid race. Second place. Not nothing to be ashamed of and then crashed this weekend, you know, at the beginning of the race trying to move up.
1: But this so is I, yeah. But this is why I'm a media guy because I'm thinking of last year too. I and think
2: with that class there's not a big enough sample size for okay. the survey of any of those guys. You're still only talking about a few races really. I mean, any of them have only run how many right. How many races has Wilson been in? 20? Even? Has he even been in
1: 20? 20 supercars? No way. No, I doubt it. He missed, you know, we had a little immigration snafu. Yeah, so I don't
2: think it's a big enough sample size of anyone to really get an idea of who's any on any given weekend. One guy seems to be superior than the other. It seems to go back and forth that group.
1: I bet he's done fifteen Supercrosses. Fifteen.
3: You're looking at one season of outdoors. He does twenty-four races. You know, he hasn't even done that many Supercrosses. Not even close to that many Supercrosses yet.
1: Listen, I just ask the hard questions. Okay, that's what I do.
3: Um, (laughs) I'm giving you. I'm giving you easy answers.
1: Uh why Again, yeah, the floor is yours. I think there are
2: other guys that have picked it up, like are maybe a little bit. I, I think it's more of the other guys have adapted to supercross more quickly than they have the other stuff. Where Wilson is maybe similar across the board in each. Um, I mean, Barsha has had much more success in supercross than outdoors, at least on a light bike. He just has, you know. So it seems like for some reason he just seems to be a tick better in supercross or more successful at least. Um, mm-hmm. No.
1: Ryan Sipes, that one? Ryan Sipes has gone 5, DNF 12, 4.
3: <laughs> that's but, surprising to you?
1: Well, it's just like...
3: <laughs> it's not what you expect.
1: I mean, Max Anstey and Nico Izzy are beating him in the points.
3: Yeah, but he's always like... I mean,
1: I mean, I mean, he's twice... And it
3: sounds so bad to say, but that's what you've always gotten from Ryan Sipes. Yeah. Blazing speed, incredible, incredible rider. Like, great. Goes faster than I'll ever go. But he has had a hard time, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
1: putting
3: in consistent finishes. That's every year it's the same thing. So, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not surprised at all. How many guess, riders listen to uh, this
1: uh, these podcasts and just go FJT man, I could beat him. FJT. You know?
3: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, he's no. a great rider. Like yeah. he's capable of winning any weekend, but he's also capable of crashing out any weekend. So
1: Well, with that, let's move on to Martin Davalos and Wygant, the uh, same thing. the floor is yours.
3: Ooh.
2: Well, we have a, yeah, we're going to take Steve out of this one. <laughs> um, we, you just need kind of like, kind of like Zach Osborne, I think you need a cooling off period. I just... Get time out, sit in that chair over there in the corner. Just stay out of it right now. You're too close to Can it. Can someone explain what's going on with him? Please. <laughs> well, anybody. we have uncovered that he has been basically, has had some part of the podium at all four rounds, yet not actually by getting a podium finish. Heat race wins, LCQ win, and then even a whole shot award. I don't even know. Like, forget about four winners in four rounds and how crazy that is in the other class. To have four pieces of the podium but never actually finish on it—it it doesn't even
1: seem possible.
2: Yeah, there I, it is, right,
3: I, I'm,
1: I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking.
3: Yeah, I'll just. Geez, is, is that? Is that how bizarre is this? I'll get
1: upset. I'll get upset.
3: I don't know. I don't know what to think about the guy. He is so good, and I don't. You can't be in that bad of shape. You can't. You cannot be then that bad of shape. You can't be able to go 100% flat out win a heat race, everything you have for six laps, and then at eight laps completely be unable to ride a motorcycle anymore. You can't. It's just I don't see that happening. It's got to be something else. It's got to be mental, or something is going on because every time he should have had second place this weekend so easily. I mean, he. I just don't get it. I don't understand. L. A. Also. Should
2: add a second in L.A. also. He just
3: had it wrapped up. He's by far fast enough. He's got the start. He's got everything there is, and just for whatever reason, every time it falls apart for him. I, I don't get it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, now, I'm uh, glad I'm
3: not in a position where I'm the one, like, paying, you know, funding his team or, or on his – because that would be – it would drive me nuts. Like, I would be like, man, you are so good. What is there, happening, like, we're just not, we're not when, finishing, we're when, not getting the result that everybody's worked for and you worked for and what well, you're capable of, it's got to be infuriating.
1: When he's all done, there's going to be a support group for his ex-team managers, Gowan, Bobby Reagan, um, Bobby, whoever, Reagan again. Bobby Reagan again, Casey Lytle or whoever, when it was KTM, and they're going to all get together in a room and be like, hi, my name's Dave Gowan, and I once <laughs> hired Martin Davalos thinking he could win, you know? <laughs>
2: There's one team manager that did not that would not be part of that group though. Who? What lights team is he not did he not ride for because he chose oh,
1: yeah. Mitch? That would be Mitch Payton.
3: He took the money. That was all money. Um like like, three hundred and fifty grand for, for two or three years versus one hundred and twenty five for two years or something like that. I like feel 3, like three twenty five a year. A
1: like that. Right next door to the team manager. Meeting will be the fantasy team owners, who tried to ride Martin Davalos to victory, and we're very excited for a little while here and there, and then it all fell apart. JT's probably doomed your team a few times.
3: Oh, he's anybody that's ever played fantasy is doomed because he's always a great pick when you look at it on paper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a moth to the flame, lightning <laughs> strike. <laughs> oh, um
3: I feel like he's he's just uh. He's like a Shakespearean character where he's just ill-fated. Like he, he just star-crossed. He, he is no matter the, what you do, no. everything is gonna go great, and then oh, tragedy strikes. He is and, the
1: coyote trying to get the roadrunner.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just just doomed to not happen. I don't. I don't get it, man. I, I I feel bad for him because it's got. Trust me, as a racer, nobody takes it harder than the racer himself. Nobody. Not, so even, not even Dan Truman. Th- no. We are, and we have no vested interest whatsoever. It's just comedy. Think how frustrated he's got to be.
1: If I see him with an, a box with an Acme on it, I'm running the other way.
3: <laughs> Charlie
2: Brown kicking the football. <laughs>
1: exactly. You
2: said if, if he has acne on his back?
3: What did you say?
1: I said if he has a box that says Acme on it. Oh, okay. Like from the Roadrunner cartoons.
3: Yeah, okay. got it. Um, yeah, butt match
1: I don't know. FTK, fantasy team killer. Oh. <laughs> um. All right. Um, is that it? Anything else? What else? Is that it? Hour sixteen. Uh,
2: okay, I'm gonna. I'll ask you a question here, Steve. I mean, is it? Is it? Does Tomek have this? Is it over? What do you? What do you say? Why well, can't? You've asked a lot of questions. so I feel like it's only fair that you get asked on occasion.
1: Um. I like to think what I put. You? I like to think I put my opinion in most things that I do, <laughs> right or wrong. Yeah, um, that's
2: true. Um, you you were grabbing gears and wheeling down the James Stewart is.
1: I was. I got problems. I was down the uh, road. Road. I was Drive. down the, down the road. Lane. And JT I'm was still there. Pick <laughs> me up whenever you come by. <laughs> I'm back. I'm coming. I'm, I've looped around and I'm going back. I'm <laughs> I'm going back to catch the bandwagon. I I am
3: still there. Until I see the James Stewart I used to see and the way he used to ride a dirt bike, I'll I'll still be down there.
1: Well, what I about brought when
3: I he... canteen? I brought an MRE. I'm ready. I'll be down there.
1: What about he when he quadded in Phoenix? You're like, "Ah, quad."
3: Yep. Flash of brilliance.
1: But that doesn't do but enough for you to 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 step on the brakes and come back?
3: He never. He would he just wouldn't he wouldn't pull the trigger on it consistently.
1: Well, Probably pretty big. Do you
3: remember, like, do you remember what he used to do in the loops? He would come in wheeling in faster than anybody <laughs> all weekend ever did on a consistent basis.
1: The best part don't
3: was see, don't <laughs> see that
1: now. The best part was when R.C. would be like, "All right, I can do that," and just about kill himself repeatedly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, go to Atlanta. Go right. to Atlanta and Houston. Two two races that are very apparent of what I'm talking about. Atlanta 07, Houston 07. And James goes into the whoops at Houston faster than any mortal ever should. And then he does this triple over tabletop section that Ricky refuses to do. And even, Ricky even says on the podium, I just, I was unwilling to jump that. I just, nobody <laughs> else did it. It's only James. He's just like, right. you know, I wasn't going to do it. No way. Right, right. And James does it every lap. It's just stuff like that you don't see anymore. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I know partly it's the tracks. The tracks are really easy the whoops are small so you don't get that you know there's not that that curve of where you can just raise the you know raise the speed up and Mm -hmm. raise the the risk factor up anymore but i don't know maybe i'm crazy i just to me i I don't see the same thing so
1: Hmm. interesting points i mean the other guy that we have on here he always just talks about ktm 350s over and over so you never quite really, really get to the and bottom of things. That's
3: on like Barbie cars and all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, usually, his kids screaming in the background about this point. <laughs> uh, all right, why get anything else?
2: You're not gonna answer the Tomek. But...
1: Oh, uh, 15 points, four rounds in. Uh, it's over. It's over because he'll get second if Dean's got it. If Dean has the magic that weekend or whatever, um, he'll have it and. Third in the points, my little Zaki Poo, is not there. So, uh, fourth is Marvin Musquin with 64 points. That's 20. Help me out here. Um, 24 points down. Musquin is to Tomac, and Wilson is 15. And Eli Tomac, I think, JT. Even though you said, I mean, Dean won Phoenix and he did win convincingly. I think Tomac was just as fast. If you look at the lap times. But, but regardless, I mean, you know, Dean won and not taking anything away from him. But to me, first four races, without a doubt, tomac has been faster each and every race. Why is that going to stop now? It's not. So, but if something weird happens, Tomac will take a second. It is one crash. Thanks. Thanks.
3: No, yeah. I mean, that's all I'd say.
1: You're the, yeah. Well, thanks. I didn't know that. Of course I know that. But let's just, you know, let's just take everything as it is normally. And Tomac, I'm just
3: saying I'm just saying because obviously well I don't you didn't watch a race on TV but I Tomac almost had the biggest crash ever after the first turn. I mean he was full endo almost stepped over the front. So it just takes one mistake like that and then it's you know everything okay. changes so
1: Okay. That's 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 great. what a crap what a crap on my point.
3: Well your point sucked. so I was just trying to help.
1: There you go, Wacky. I tried to answer. wasn't good enough. <laughs> wasn't good enough. Can't 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 answer that. What do you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what about Cole Seely, man?
2: Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Actually, I'm more. I know people were surprised. Maybe a few people maybe were surprised that he won Anaheim one. I really wasn't that surprised. I mean, he was good last year. He won races. It's not but, crazy to think of him winning. I'm more surprised that uh, he's ran into some troubles like this. Actually. Um, I wasn't shocked at all that he won Anaheim 1. I wasn't shocked at all for him to be a championship player. But the the bad races, I'm really kind of
1: surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I mean, if nothing else, I'd be like, oh, Sealy's going to get a bunch of fourths and thirds. At worst. At worst, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to be there, but he hasn't been yeah. able to back up that. And he might not win, but he'll get a bunch of fourths and thirds. Uh, but yeah, after that win, he's yet to see the box. So, yeah. I mean, Holly, Holly's videos in Hollywood. He sees the box, but Oh wow. <laughs> Sealy does not. I just had to bring it back. <laughs> wow!
2: Wow! I guess the viewers wow. do in general. I mean, it's not just the not just the subject.
1: No, no, it, see it, yeah. no, it's not. Um, and Matt Moss had a good ride, like I said. He's gone 11 DNQ, eight, and five. So he's coming around. Who can forget Moss hey. who can forget Moss's factory Suzuki years? I mean who can forget? Thrilled fans. Yeah, you were a
3: big you're a big fan of that.
1: <laughs> Th- thrilled fans coast to coast.
3: Hey, yeah, sure there, though, on the Sealy ahead, on the Sealy subject, that guy's gotten a lot better in a hurry, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like two years ago, two or three years ago, if you watched him in like live supercross, he was like nobody. Like he was barely make he was like eighth, ninth place guy in the main event or in the heat race. Yeah, And then, yeah, yeah. you know, 12th, 14th, 16th in the main event.
1: Yeah. Suzuki. Uh, Pretty impressive,
3: actually. I, I, I give that guy a lot of credit.
1: Fun Bike Suzuki or Fun City? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Suzuki. Fun, fun Bike
3: Center. Yeah. With, in Colorado. Or whatever. With
1: um Brady Sharon, teammates.
3: Yep.
2: When uh, TLD hired Seeley, and I think he was only, wasn't he only the replacement for Craig?
1: Isn't that how he got on the team? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Good point. Yeah. He was. Yeah.
2: And Ping was, um some, I can't remember who. Ping had two things he's very passionate about. The KTM 350. And somebody said, "The guys on your team, there, there will not be any room on the podium for them." And I think Will Hahn and Sealy were his two guys. And Ping was fired up about that. And I honestly was like, "Yeah, the guy, that guy's probably right."
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, especially Cole is your guy, really. You're like, we're getting on the podium. I got Cole Sealy, and it's like Cole Sealy could barely make mains the year before. Yeah, it's uh, pretty impressive how. That's to me, that's the thing. Like people, any kid, any parent that's pushing their kid to the amateurs, they just wanted to be the next Villapoto, Stuart Dungy, Carmichael, whatever. Um, but those are the guys that you should take your inspiration from. Hit hey, Guys like him who are like, okay, maybe I'm not dominating everybody at age 12, but at some point the light can, can flick on and you can figure it out. You
3: know, like I Chad Reed at Hangtown. What's that? Same thing. Like Chad Reed at Hangtown the other year. Huh? Flip the switch. Oh, oh. flip the switch.
1: Flip the switch,
3: yeah.
2: Because yeah. we did not know Chad Reed had – uh, talent within him, but then we saw. Apparently, him. Steve didn't.
1: I stand by my prediction, Chad. We will not race in America in 2011. No. <laughs> I, I stand by that prediction. You heard You heard me say it, and it's proven. I did. It hasn't come true never. yet. <laughs> I've never listened since. I, it's, it's, it hasn't come true yet. But You're not giving up <laughs> on
2: him not racing in 011 in the United
1: States. You don't know. It hasn't been written yet. The chapter hasn't been written 100%. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I put myself out there on a limb. JT never does. He's always like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Wilson is good and someone could crash. And, you know what I mean? Like, at least I put myself out there. I mean, yeah, sometimes I, I, I may be wrong. But then other times, like with Zachy Poo, I'm right. Yeah,
3: yeah, whatever. Okay. I have to race against these guys every weekend, though. That's the difference.
1: Yeah, wait till uh, Martin Davalos here as you talk about him in this.
3: Sipes. Sipes. Yeah. I didn't say anything bad about him.
1: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do. it. Okay.
3: Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could ride as good as him. I'm. I'll tell you straight up.
1: Hey, I think. Uh, I think Tomac's going on the 450. By the way.
3: Ooh. Yep. I think
1: he's going on the 450. Yeah, you know, there's
2: one thing that's changed. His stock has gone up so much. Although it's just kind of bizarre to me because he's pretty good at the end of the year in Supercross last year. I mean, he improved. If you look at the results from round one, like his first mm-hmm. Supercross, to – where he was at the end of the year. I know he ended up not getting the title, but he came a long way in a hurry. But it didn't seem like people were necessarily on the bandwagon when mm-hmm. this year began. Mm-hmm. But now they sure are. Give him a few more weeks if things keep going well. You know, if he really, is a, if he really ends up on Kennard's bike, people are going to be pumped to see that. Because, you know, everybody's buzzing about how the lap times are very close to the 450 guys. Right. And we all know that that has proven to not really prove anything. Right. But it won't stop people from getting excited.
1: Let me ask you this. I feel like we've seen him on a 450 before, have we?
2: Monster Percy. Cup.
1: Ah, Bercy, Monster Cup. Yeah, yeah, Monster Cup. That was it. Right.
2: He was good at those, right?
1: Everybody keeps saying Dungey's second race he, he won, but it's actually his third race, but second AMA race. For us journalists, we have to be careful of that.
3: He won the Motocross Nation Moto2, right? Yeah.
1: Who?
2: And Dungey rode a bunch of supercars. Uh, several. Four or Five.
1: That year in 08. No, I mean really? I mean on KTM. No, on the KTM.
2: Dungey. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, I see. Yeah. I, I think were... he been four fifty debut right? no,
1: no, yeah. When he won uh no, he didn't win Minneapolis. Josh Hill. Josh Hilde. Josh Hill won Minneapolis. That was a weird night though. Hill won. Dungey got second. Hanny punched up Pavoni. Weird night. <laughs>
2: um It was Chad Reed's birthday, if I remember, so he probably had the best time of all.
1: Was that 08? Then he definitely Yeah 08 Oh yeah <laughs> JT would you like to Comment on that? <laughs> no <laughs> No
4: <laughs> I would not Good
1: move uh, Alright guys Thanks uh, Thanks, JT for coming on Always uh, Always a breath of fresh air Letting us in On what's going on Good luck this weekend In A2 by the way You know I'll be Pulling for you Whatever I say Harsh is, is out of love So You know that
3: oh, I can't get any worse At this point so. Right Yeah true
1: Although uh, Watson Was really upset Yesterday on the show, because he said you had never not made four the first four main events in the row in your life. And you were like, No, huh? I, have. I have. Yeah, you were like, no, I think so. And then like, he just was so happy that he th- thought of that stat and came up with that stat, you know? <laughs> and then you just yeah. shot him down on it, so.
3: Well, let's not make it five.
1: No. I do
2: remember one year, JT was, unfortunately, had a string of Racer X gas cards going. And then finally dropped the, I don't know what's going on, I'm running like crap right now. During his interview, yeah, yeah, that was uh,
3: that was '07,
2: yeah, yeah, yep. And I You actually? I don't know. I rode like
3: the... riding a crap out here.
1: Was yeah. yeah. Was that uh? Was that when Frank here? Frank was your mechanic?
3: Uh, no, Dan was. Oh. Dan was my mechanic.
1: Okay, cause, yeah, Frank wouldn't stand for that.
3: But you pulled out of it. You,
2: you didn't you rebound and stop getting the gas card and get? I think yeah. you started getting back into the mains.
3: It happens. I mean, it's not my first rodeo. It's not haven't pulled any panic buttons or. Know, pulled the eject button yet? Just gotta. I don't know. We made big strides. I mean, it was better all day, honestly. Just uh, you qualified better, yeah. Didn't, didn't didn't ride good in the heat. The last chance. If I would have, I, a guy screwed up right in front of me in the first rhythm section. I was in second, and I went from second to fourth. Um, and that was pretty much it. It was just like track position. I couldn't pass. So you know, it, it's there. It's just got you know. I gotta I gotta take advantage of the situation in the heat, and then. Just do it, basically. I mean, everything's there. It's you know, not like I'm five seconds off the pace and just riding around in the back or something. I just gotta.
1: I feel um maybe you need to three- put it together. Maybe you need a 350.
3: That's a good. That's a good point. I'm gonna ask for that this weekend.
1: Okay. All right. Thanks, Wagamp.
2: Yeah, I will actually be at Anaheim too. I'm excited.
1: Great. Thanks, JT. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. See you guys.
4: Thanks
0: for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show search pulp mx in the itunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the pulp mx app for your iphone for the complete pulp mx fix